In our weekly campus ministry night, one of our students, Renee, shared a prayer that she found when she was a teenager that she would often read for her youth group. It covered a lot of ground as it asked God to give us discomfort with unhealthy relationships, to give anger at injustice and oppression, and to give tears that stem from compassion with those who suffer greatly. But it was the last stanza that really stuck with me and has followed me since Wednesday. May God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference to this world so that we can do what others claim cannot be done. It's one of those prayers that continually draws my mind toward hope that is so improbable that the only way to describe it is foolish. This week in our passage from Romans, Paul talks about Abraham's foolish faith as he believes in God's promise that he will become the father of many nations, even though as Paul tactfully puts it, he is as good as dead. Abraham hoped against hope. Despite his and Sarah's ages, that this could be possible, even though they had no children and he was almost 100 years old. This is the sort of hope that leans not away from the improbable, but towards it. In this passage, Paul is relaying to the people at the church in Rome that it's not the rules or the law of Christianity that will allow God's promises to be realized, but faith. It is hope against hope shown by Abraham that illumines the path. And in so many ways, it requires a foolish faith about things that are as good as dead being brought to new and vibrant life. There are a lot of things in this world right now that feel as good as dead. And I often find it hard to hope against hope that new life can come from them. Yesterday marked two years of a ground war in Ukraine. In Oklahoma this week, a non-binary teenager next died the day after a fight in the school bathroom. In Georgia, a nursing school student was murdered near campus in reproductive rights and are facing legislation again that is divorced from the hopes and realities of the people who may carry life in their wombs. When I look around the world today, or I talk with my transgender or non-binary friends, or I lament with my friends who have gone through IVF treatment, it's been a hard week to have any sort of hope, even one that's as foolish as Abraham's. But as I read and pray through, read and pray through our text for today, I was struck again and again by how bizarre it is to let an improbable hope grow in a time when hope feels impossible. It reminded me of what Deacon Ken Casey refers to as the bright sorrow of Lent. 
there is something so holy and completely foolish about letting our sorrow be bright and hopeful. Because when we take a step back, the oppressive ways that we treat each other through war or politics or even driving down Scottsville Road is truly shocking. It is convicting in light of all of this to think what it could look like to take all that we carry and let it take on a tinge of bright, sorrowful hope. It's compelling to me that no matter the heaviness around the world, no matter how as good as dead things feel, no matter how many ways we continually fail each other, it is our Christian call of Lent to carry an improbable and foolish hope about this world. And I wish I could stand in this pulpit and give you a step-by-step -step plan for how we could collectively and individually build up this bright Lenten sorrow that hopes against hope. I wish I could point to one correct path and just say, everybody this way, and we could have a faith like Abraham's. I wish I could clearly articulate the ways in which hope will feel easy and other days hope will feel really, really difficult. But since I cannot do any of these things in good faith, let me tell you where I do see sprouts of hope. I see hope flourishing in events like our quiet day yesterday. Events where people come together to orient themselves to God and each other, even as they tend to their own Lenten journey. I see hope in an interview with a Ukrainian architect and designer who is beginning to dream about rebuilding his completely bombed city. In this interview, he says, they say it's very irresponsible to sit in a shelled city and dream about the future. And frankly, I see hope in the little tiny tulip buds in my front yard. The thing about hope is that it doesn't have to be solely tied to stories of resilience in the face of grotesque violence and oppression. Hope can be seen and felt in ways that are almost impossible to articulate. But the key is that hope comes from God's presence in our world. It can be seen in actions and relationships, in the beauty of nature. But in times when it feels hard to see and impossible to believe, I think that we are especially called to do the hard work of cultivating a foolish hope. Cultivating hope requires us to see the world with curiosity and compassion. It requires us to have a faith like Abraham, even when things are as good as dead. Cultivating hope requires foolishly admiring the green blades of a tulip, even as war rages on.
cultivating hope is foolishly believing that we can maintain and hold relationships that can bear the weight of political differences, even as narratives around us demand our division. And cultivating hope requires us to foolishly let our bright Lenten sorrow hope against hope. So while I can't offer you a checklist this, checklist, checklist this week to cultivate hope, I can offer you this prayer. May God bless us with enough foolishness to believe that we can make a difference in this world so that we can do what others claim cannot be done. And may you have a truly foolish hope that rests in God alone. Amen.